way that we can um, tell you everything that's going on here. But let me just point out one fact or misfact, unfact about men's night. Some of you see that in the worship guide it says six o'clock. It will begin at 630. So if you come at six o'clock, you will be early, but you will have to smell the wafting aroma of the steak for 30 minutes before you can partake in that. So just know it is 6.30 like it's always been. Let not, let not your heart be troubled, guys. So 6.30, I just wanted to remind you of that. Uh, my name is Josh, uh, lead pastor here, and have the joy of continuing a sermon series we began last week called Because You Asked. And this, the birth of this began Christmas with the time of Christ, uh, the birth of Christ. We asked you by survey, what are some things that you want to know about the word of the Lord? Or what are some things that you struggle with that we can address biblically? And the second most popular answer was, we're just stressed out. What does the Bible say about stress and worry? So to show you the devastating effects of stress and to stress you out even more, watch this video And then we will look at the Word of God together. You're going to have to read, so look intently. All confirmed passengers should now be boarding at gate number D40. Final boarding opportunity, Delta Seit gestern Vormittag auf der Flucht. Die Verdächtige ist ca. 1,65 Meter groß, hat dunkelblondes, lockiges Haar und trägt eine helle Jacke. Die Flüchtige gilt als unberechenbar und äußerst gefährlich. Bitte versuchen Sie nicht, die gesuchte Person festzuhalten oder gar anzuschauen. Für Hinweise zur Ergreifung der Verdächtigen wählen Sie bitte die unten eingeblendete Nummer. Wir melden uns wieder zu den Hauptnachrichten zu vorhin Stunden und bis dahin noch einen schönen Tag. Oh, 
So, anyone else have clammy hands after watching that? Thinking, I, I can't imagine. So let's talk about stress and then we'll look at how the Bible says that we as the people of God, or people who are called by His name, can live differently and do better. Oh, where's, where's Addie? I, we're going to Bulgaria. We're, we're, we're not flying through Germany, right? And next month through, okay. Because I, I, I would be devastated if that happened to me um, on TV. But stress, as you've seen, is about perception. Actually, psychologists say that stress is the perceived disconnect between your situation and your resources to handle that situation. Stress is a perception of seeing your face on TV as a fugitive and realizing in that moment, there's nothing that I can do. The guy drinking the coffee was my favorite. But the perception of being wanted. You know, in this commercial, the operative word is perceived. If your mind or your heart or your faculties perceive a stressful situation, most likely your body will react to that, especially when you do not have the resources to handle that situation. Many of you, most of you, did not get stressed out when you tied your shoes today. Why? Because in your mind and your heart, you have the resources to accomplish the task. So stress is built on perception. Now remember that when we look at what the Bible says about stress and worry. Stress is built upon perception. I pray that today will be your calm down moment. One of the great things I like about that commercial is when finally the authorities opened up the briefcase and it was deodorant. I'm never going to buy that deodorant again after what you put me through. But to see the, the person's chest loosen and then take a deep breath, the perception of the building blocks of stress were removed and they could finally breathe. I, I hope today that for some of you today is your breathe moment. It's going to be okay. Relax. Chill out. Trust in Jesus Christ. But stress is also, not only is it based on perception, but it's also contagious. Anyone find themselves anxious when you're watching that video? Anyone? We have some honesty with our youth. Thank you, guys. This is the fourth time I've watched this video this week, and I was still nervous for these people. Because stress is absolutely contagious. Maybe your heart started beating faster or your chest tightened or your hands were clammy. If you're around stressful people, guess what's gonna happen to you? You're gonna be stressed. Stress is contagious. We see this unfold at our house often. We have a, a pug. His name is Boudin. He's, he was black, solid black from head to toe. Now he has, he's distinguished gray um, but he's so well-known that all I have to do is call the vet and they say, what's your dog's name? I say, Boudin. They say, oh, we know who that is. He's lazy. Takes after his, his, me, his owner. If you were to walk out of the room and he's on the couch snoring, he stays where he is. 
But if you were to quickly run out of the room, you know what he does? He wakes up and he runs with you. Stress is contagious. He doesn't know why he's running, but he knows he doesn't want to miss out. And from a visceral point of view, you and I are the same. If you are surrounded with stressful people, turn off the TV, turn off Facebook or whatever it is you have because stress is built on perception and people. What do we find on social media a lot? Perception and crazy people, stressful people. Stress thrives on that in your life. So you might be asking, well, okay, so pastor, here's what's going on. I'm stressed and I believe stress is sinful. And when I think about my sin, I'm stressed even more. And so the cycle builds and builds and builds and builds. So let me answer the question. Is stress sinful biblically? Well, what do we see about our Savior, Jesus Christ? Stress is not necessarily sinful. And the presence of stress does not necessarily result from a lack of of faith in your life. Let me point you to scripture. Jesus, nearing the cross, begins to, to pray knowing what is going on. Some of you who went to Israel with us last year were in that garden, right, the garden of Gethsemane. And before we went to Gethsemane, they took us to this Nazareth village. And in this Nazareth village, they had this massive olive press and they showed us how these olives would be put there and they would press these olives and then the oil would flow so the stress of the press would produce something that was usable in their life now the way that we walked through that was ideal because then we get to Gethsemane which means the olive press and Jesus in the garden of the olive press has the weight of the world stressing down upon him. So much so, you know the story, right? Dr. Luke writes about the story. So much so is the stress upon the Messiah that what happens? He begins to pray and he begins to sweat and the sweat becomes as drops of blood. Luke twenty-two forty-four. 44, being in anguish. The word anguish in Greek is um, Angonia or agonia. He prayed more fervently and his sweat became like drops of blood. Why did Jesus Christ sweat and pray? Why was he in agonia? Because of the stress of the weight of sin and the world that would be crashing down upon him in that moment. For Jesus, was his stress because his lack of faith? No, no, because if it was then we would say, well, Jesus was not the perfect Messiah because if his stress would be, was because of his sin, then he was not perfect. He was not the sacrifice that would redeem us. He could not be Messiah if he was not perfect and sinless. Stress is not necessarily because of your lack of faith. Now, some of you just took a deep breath. You said, okay, I feel better. You know, I just... I remember thinking about this growing up and saying, Lord, am I stressed out because I don't believe? Anyone ever felt like that before? God, maybe I'm just stressed because I, I don't believe enough. I don't have enough faith. And what does that, what does that task or thought do to you? Stresses you out. It's not necessarily because of lack 
of faith. Stress is the mechanism that wakes your brain up if there's a fire alarm in your house to get out, to preserve yourself. Stress can be used for good. It can make you stronger and better. Some of you are wearing your favorite college football shirts right now. Shame on you for that. I would never talk about football at church. But if I were, do we want our coaches to stress those players so that they can do better? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you want your coach to look at them and say, you didn't do it right. Run it this way. Yes, because stress, these periods of stress and rest can build us up. What made the greatest generation the greatest generation? The Great Depression and World War II. You think about running the beaches of Normandy with the enemy in the desired position knowing that you are going to give your life for something greater than yourself. That stress, that's real stress. And that created in that generation something that the world has never seen again. Scientists call this good stress. One theory from psychologists suggests that experiencing some manageable stressors with recovery in between can make us mentally and physically tough and less reactive to future stress. So let me give you an easy formula as we go today. Very easy formula by Bill Thrasher. Concern plus unbelief equals anxiety. Concern plus unbelief equals anxiety. Concern plus faith equals virtue. Concern plus faith equals virtue. Now you might be thinking, okay, this is a great sermon. I'm stressed out, I'm worried, I'm anxious, but the pastor just said it's really good. And so this is awesome. Not all stress is good. In fact, stress can kill you and will kill you if you continue in that. Scientists tell us that chronic and continual stress are taxing on the body, on the brain, and the spirit, and will lead to depression, poor mental health, exhaustion, and even death. One doctor said it this way. He said, I've never seen hard work kill a man, but I have seen the stress of work kill many. Are you stressing Today? Are you worried? Are you anxious? Periods and cycles of stress and worry and anxiety will do nothing but cripple us in our life. So if you're stressed out, and because I'm pointing you out today, you're more stressed out, you're not alone. This is the second most desired topic that we wanted to know about. We all go through periods of stress in our life. So psychologists took a poll and they say this, the American Institute of Stress reveals that 77% of us regularly experience symptoms of stress. It doesn't say this in the report, but I would imagine the other 23% are liars. 33% of us are living with extreme stress. Extreme stress. 48% of Americans lay awake at night due to stress. 
And scientists have even called um, these new generations of millennials and younger the most stressed out generations in the history of the world. Look, chill out. It'll be okay. Three out of five young adults, 40 and down, say that they have never been more stressed today than any point in their life. And I would say that's because you're living and you're adding more responsibility. But just know that our young adults are stressed out. So what can we do with the word of God to say, Lord, this is our condition of our soul. How can we grow in righteousness? Lord, I, I don't wanna die because of stress. I don't wanna worry myself and not be productive for the kingdom. And I began to pray about this and say, Lord, where, where do we go in scripture? I was thinking, well, I'm a pastor. You, you, I had to figure this out. I said, well, a good start would be the words of Jesus Christ. And I'm thinking, so where, where is Jesus talking about stress? And I said, the most famous sermon that Jesus has ever preached on the most famous hill that Jesus has ever preached. The Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus very clearly lays out in Matthew chapter six, people who are stressed. He, he, he addresses this. He speaks to our heart and our soul. So join me. This morning, as we've looked at stress, and so now let's look at our Savior. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 25, Jesus looks directly at us this morning and says some very key spiritual truths. Sermon on the Mounts. Some of you have been there with me. Hey, we're going to take another trip in February. If you want to go to Israel, there's room. You can join us. I would argue that there is no more beautiful area in all of Israel than the, than the Mount of Beatitudes overlooking the Sea of Galilee. And so you're in this, the most pristine and serene location in the Middle East and Jesus is still talking to people who are stressed out. And he says this in verse 25 of Matthew chapter six. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add one moment to his life by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Now, let me just stop here. Issues with fashion is not a modern invention. 2,000 years ago, people are struggling with the same things that we think that we're the only people in the world who are stressed out about these things. Jesus continues, observe how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or even spin thread. Verse 29, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do so much more for you? You of little faith. So don't worry. Saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear for the Gentiles? Eagerly seek all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. 
But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. Let's pray. Father, your words, your eternal living word has never been more true than it is today. Lord, we just confess to you right now that we are stressed out people. Lord, that we, we're stressed out because of the responsibilities and the worries and the fears that we have. And Lord, we're often stressed out because we simply don't trust you enough. So Lord, we confess where we are weak and we ask that we would not only hear your word and put it away on the bookshelf, but that we would be doers. That we would replace stress with our Savior that we would heed your words and that your spirit right now would work in our lives for your glory and for our good. So Lord, move us right now in this place in a way that we would not expect. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen and amen. So how can we manage stress? I'm not gonna give you little antidotes. I'm not going to say, well, if you would just squeeze on the stress ball, if you would speak these words, you'll feel better. I want to give you something that will last for eternity. And that's the word of God. And Jesus gives us these things to people who are stressed out. You're not alone. So how does Jesus meet us where we are? Look at what he says in verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, first way that we manage stress, biblically and scripturally, don't worry. Done, let's go home, right? Stop. How do you, man, then that, some, of that, some of you just stressed you out more saying that. Jesus says though, do not worry. So the Messiah's use of the word don't, don't worry um, is used in two senses. One, there's a general prohibition. Don't do this. But two, there's a sense with the, the word tense that is something that's already ongoing that you need to stop today. So Jesus is looking at the people and saying, look, some of you, you're not worrying right now, so don't even go there. But some of you, you're stressed out right now. You are anxious. You're in the cycle of difficulty. And Jesus says, don't. Stop that. It's not good for your life. So Jesus calls us to a cessation of an action already in progress. And if we're honest, some of you are already in that valley of anxiety, aren't you? You're just, you feel like you're stuck there. You feel like you're walking there and then you, the ledge is too high to climb out and, and that just creates more angst in your life. So Jesus simply says, if you are feeling stressed, don't worry because stress and worry are not the same thing. Don't worry. The word worry is also translated anxiety or being troubled. So Jesus says, don't worry. Don't be anxious. Don't be troubled. So Jesus does not say to us this. And if you have this on your bumper sticker, I'm sorry. You can take it off. You can remove it after lunch. He doesn't say, well, you, you people, you're, you're too blessed to be stressed. No, he, he looks at them and says, I, I know you're struggling with this and stop. It's not good for your soul. So what is the difference between stress and and worry. Stress in an olive produces olive oil. I don't know what worry produces in olive, but not olive oil. 
Stress is not necessarily sinful. Anxiety and worry is. It leads us to places that will kill our soul, kill our body, and kill your mind. So stress is your body's reaction to difficulty. If something were to happen tonight and your fire alarm went off, your body is going to flip that switch. You're going to get out of the house. You're going to become alert. That is good stress. What is worry? Worry is sustained mental anguish that is the result of stress. Stress is seeing your name in the paper as a fugitive. Worry is revisiting that the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day. Stress will leave when the moment is over. Worry lingers. It hangs around like a a bad habit, a bad attitude. And so we need to get to the point where we say, God, I trust you enough to say, I'm not gonna go into the worry and the anxiety stage. Lord, I am stressed. I'm gonna trust in you. And it's not because of lack of faith. But God, I don't want this to continue. Worry hangs on for the long haul and causes significant mental, emotional, social, and spiritual damage. This brings me hope because I just grew up thinking, and I've alluded to it earlier. I remember thinking growing up, well, God, if I am stressed, it's because I don't have faith. And God, if I don't have faith, that means I'm living in disobedience. And God, if I'm living in disobedience, then I'm living in sin. And God, the more I worry about my sin, the more I worry about the sin and about the disobedience and about the stress. And so every time I would think about my stress, I would take one step away from Jesus Christ. But what does Jesus say here? He says, I know you're stressed. That's not sin. That's not the difficulty. But we're gonna go through those times. But do not worry. Don't become anxious. Don't become troubled. And so if some of you are are skirting that line between stress and anxiety, stress and worry, come back to Jesus Christ. He says, don't worry. Do not worry about your life. I realize that Jesus, one of his missions was almost to be born into stress. In a town that he didn't grow up in, no room at the inn, Growing up with a community who would often say, well, is Joseph really your father? We, we know you say that, that God is your father, but we know the truth. To walk the Via Della Rosa and to pray and the weight of, his, of our sin and the stress bearing down upon the Savior. And through all of that, Jesus says, do not worry. Do not become anxious. Do not become troubled. Spurgeon says this way, as sure as God puts his children in the furnace of affliction, he will be with them. You see, Jesus did not die on the cross to remove my stress. Jesus is not the ultimate, God the Father is not the ultimate bulldozer parent. That if you just come to Jesus, then he's going to knock down every obstacle in your life. Now, what Jesus says is when you follow me, you will never walk alone 
through any obstacle ever again. That brings me hope. How do we manage stress? Do not worry because Jesus is with us. Why are you stressed? Don't worry. Two, how do we manage stress according to Jesus Christ? He says this very clearly. Don't worry about what you eat or drink or your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food or clothing? Verse 26. Have you considered ever the birds of the sky? I can see Jesus pointing. It's like, see that cardinal? See that mockingbird? Have you ever considered the flock of geese? So what does Jesus remind us? He's saying, when you're stressed, consider your worth. Consider your worth. The heavenly father feeds the birds. Aren't you worth much more than poultry to God? Aren't we of more infinite value than the flowers of the field? Go back with me to Genesis. On the fifth day, God creates the animals, the animals that are creeping on the ground and the animals that are flying in the sky. We call those birds and the the animals that are swimming in the ocean. We call those fish. Um, And after the end of that fifth day, God has created all this. And we see in Genesis chapter one that Jesus says, God says, it is good. So God creates the birds, the birds that Jesus is talking about here. And he says, they are good. But on the sixth day, when God created these unique things, we call humanity, Adam, right? He created Adam and Eve, Adam, who is the the first man, Adamite, from the, the ground in Hebrew. But Jesus, God, did not say to the humans, it is Good. He actually said in Genesis 1, 26 and 27, let us make man according to our likeness, according to our image. You see, you and I are unique in all of creation. You're not like the birds. You're not like the buffalo. You're not like the fish. We, we are of infinite worth. And so just consider what your worth is when you're stressed. What does the Bible say about your worth and my worth? says that we have the image and the stamp of Yahweh upon our lives and within our souls. There is no bird in history or no flower in any field that can claim that. Just think about that truth. That there is no bird or animal in history that can say that they are created in the image of God like we are. And how much more is our worth when you and I walked away from our relationship with God because of our sin? God didn't give up on us at that point. God didn't say, well, Josh, I gave you a chance and you blew it. I knew you would do this. No, God sent his son and said, okay, we knew this day was gonna come. And Jesus, I know it's going to be stressful, but Josh is worth it. And would you go and live a sinless life and die on the cross so that people might be brought back into relationship? You're not going to die for the flowers. 
son, you're not gonna die for the birds, but you're gonna die for these people because they're worth it because we love them. They're created in our image. And I want you to display to the world how much that we love them. And Jesus is just reminding us right now, consider your worth. If you're stressed, just take a deep breath and say, Lord, how much value do I have in your life? The word that Jesus has used here, worth, means distinctive characteristics. A very clear price. And, and I just begin to think we have young kids at our house. Some of you know our kids are seven and four now. And so they're in the stage that once they eat, as soon as they eat, they either want dessert. Hey, what's their dessert? I'm not done eating. Don't worry about dessert. Or as soon as they finish eating, their next question is, what's your dinner? When are we going to eat again? But you're not starving. Stop. That's what, I, that's what I normally tell them. What I should say is this. I should look at them and say, son, daughter, let me just kind of give you a theological overview. <laughs> That's not how it happens. This is how it should happen, right? This is ideological, not in practice. But I should look at him and say, son, look at the dog. He's a bum. <laughs> and we feed him three times a day. And he doesn't even thank us. And consider the hummingbirds that, that we make nectar for them and we put out on the porch. And consider the grass that we water so it will grow, so I will cut it, so I can water it again and so it will grow. And like, what are we doing? We're the ones created in the image of God, by the way. And what I should do is say what Jesus says. Son, you are so much more valuable to me than the dog. We love you so much more than the hummingbirds. We love you so much more than the grass and the wildflowers. And I just want you to know, when you're stressed out about what you're going to eat or anything else, I want you to know that if we're going to take care of the animals and the grass, we love you so much more than that. So as long as you're my son and you will always be my son, you don't have to worry because I'm going to take care of it. That is exactly what God does for us. And how often as a seven-year-old do we go up to God and we say, God, I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. And God says, Josh, look at the birds. I love you so much more than the birds. Look at the grass. I love you so much more than the flowers. Just consider your worth today. Consider how much God loves you. And when we do, oh, what am I worried about? Our worth is invaluable. God loves you so much that he sent his only son. When you are stressed out, consider your worth. Third, Jesus says this, not only stop, not only consider, but he says this in verse 33. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added unto you. Anyone learn that in vacation Bible school like I did? Am I the only? Okay, or some of you went to vacation. Okay, just making sure. They never told me this was about stress. Never. Like this is awesome. Seek first the kingdom. No, when you're stressed out, seek 
first the kingdom. What is Jesus reminding us here? He's telling us that we need to change our perspective. Change your perspective. Now, this is not think it and it's going to happen. That's not what Jesus, he's not giving us some quick little trite antidote, but he's showing us what we saw on the commercial earlier. As soon as they realized they were not a fugitive, their perspective changed and the stress and the worry and the anxiety was removed. That's exactly what Jesus wants in our life. Stress is built upon what? It's built upon perception. The perception that what? Your resources of the present will not handle the situation. And Jesus says, seek first the kingdom. Why would Jesus ask us to do that? So quickly, let me give you a historical overview. Jesus goes back to Solomon. Solomon was the wisest and most likely the richest man that's ever lived. There's really not a point that he didn't have the resources. And God looks at us and says, Solomon's best thread was not as good as the flowers. Jesus is saying, think about your father who has eternal resources, unlimited resources. There, if you think about heaven, if I think about heaven, there is nothing here on earth that is beyond the resource of my father. That's a perception change. That is a perception change. You see, most of our worry is perceived, is it not? I can't pay the bills. Well, that's not good. But if you can't pay your cell phone bill, you're not going to die. But what do we feel in that moment? I can't pay. Why do collection agencies call and make you feel like you are the scum of the earth if you will not pay what you owe right in that moment because they know if they can create an emotional turmoil in your life and they can create a perception change that you will not buy bread for that day, but you will pay them. And don't get me wrong, I believe as Christians we should pay the debts that we owe. But even the world understands that a lot of our worries are perceived. They're not real. If, if that's you, if you are stuck in this cycle of perceived worry, turn off TV. The world has lived without TV for 5,900 years. It's not going to hurt you. Put the phone down. Remove the perception of all of this worry. You see, a kingdom perspective attacks the root of our earthly worries. And not only should we seek the kingdom when we're worried, but we should do, when should we seek? What's the chronological sequence of the way that we should seek the kingdom? Seek first the kingdom. So when you worry, the first thing you should do is this. Just, you can, if you have a bad neck, don't practice that. But I mean, really, when we worry, we should just, Lord, I'm gonna look to you. Even if the situation doesn't change, God, I'm going to look to you because I know that you are the author and perfecter of my faith. God, I, I know that you love me more than anything else. I know that you have stamped in my heart this image of the Imago Dei. Change your perspective. Seek the kingdom. What a glorious truth Jesus gives. Two more. 
helps with our stress and our worry and our anxiety. To manage stress, verse 34. Jesus says, consider your worth. Stop it. Seek the kingdom. And four, he says, don't worry about tomorrow. Jesus is basically saying, look at me. Don't worry about tomorrow. Now, can you imagine this scene? That, that Jesus is, is speaking and preaching around. I mean, Jesus is in the middle of this congregation and he's still having to tell them, stop stressing. Seek the kingdom. Why? Why should we not worry about tomorrow? Because tomorrow will worry about itself. This is why Jesus teaches us to pray. Same sermon. Lord, give us Today, our daily bread. How many of your worries, if you were to catalog the things that really create anxiety in your life, how many actually affect you today? As I've been rolling back that in my mind, not many. Out of the hundred things I worry about, maybe two. Worry, focus on today. Spurgeon says, anxiety does nothing but empty tomorrow, it does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows, but it empties today of its strength. Worry is not going to make tomorrow better. It's going to empty today of its strength. To manage stress, focus on today, which is a gift of the creator. Lastly, finally, to manage stress, flee temptation. Flee temptation. Remember that temptation is often stronger in times of stress. Let's go back to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. At what point in his life was he tempted? Think about the physical location. He wasn't at Beverly Hills, not the Waldorf Astoria. He was in the wilderness. He, he didn't have a buffet. He was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. And it was during this time that he was tempted. I had a pastor once tell me that, that temptation always hits you in this way. When you're hungry, when you're isolated, when you're tired, and when you're stressed. So if you are going through a period of stress and worry in your life, know that you are more likely to be tempted at this point than any other place in your life. Run to Jesus. Run to Jesus Christ. So how do we apply this in our lives? Some of you are completely overwhelmed with worry in your life. And I just want you to understand that God loves you and his will for your life is not to worry. That's what Jesus says. Stress may be but not to worry, not to have anxiety, not to be riddled with this trouble. And so I just ask right now, would you be honest with God and spend some time in prayer and say, Lord, you know my heart is troubled. And I want to stop, but I don't know how. So Lord, give me the strength. Would you do that right now? Just to bow your head and say, God, am, I want to be willing to trust in Jesus more than I trust in myself. Oh, that we would long for the grace of God. I think some of you are here and you're worrying because you have never truly 
found that Jesus is everything that he says he is. And if you have never given your life to Christ, let me tell you about this Jesus. He loved you so much that he was willing to to give his life for yours. When you ran away from that relationship with God because of your sin, Jesus pursues you. And the fact that you have heard this good news that you are sinful, but Jesus will forgive you means he's given you an opportunity by faith to receive the best gift you will ever receive in your life, the free gift of salvation. The Bible says that if you are willing to turn from yourself, turn from your stress, turn from your sin and run with faith and believe that God is all that he says he is, that you will be saved. And as we pray, if you've never trusted in Jesus, I pray that today would be that day for you, that you would know that you are of infinite worth to the the creator. Father, Father, 